Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio with me is my fab co-host, James Muncy. Good morning. Good morning, JJ. Man, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Are you? I am. I love your story you were just sharing a minute ago. We're going <laughs> to have to swing this into the... We, we really should audio record the conversations that we have in the studio prior to going live here on the radio. It's, it's better than the show most days. I, I think most most often it is. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, wherever you're listening to us right now, Facebook Live, the podcast, live on 92.7 FM, thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey. Uh, of course, you can take our show with you anywhere you go on a podcast. If you're not into podcasts, you absolutely should be. It's the greatest place. I think, um, who was it? Zig Ziglar called it Mobile University. Yeah. To um, make, make the most of your day, make the most of who you are and, and why we're here is for you to make the most of your relationship because true greatness is serving others. Maybe maybe the answer to this next question is the story you were sharing with me a minute ago. But James, what is the greatest lesson you've ever learned? It is definitely not the story I was telling you before okay. the show. I, so I was thinking about this as last night and, and driving in this morning. I, I hate to start out on a negative note, but I think, you know, one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned is a little bit negative. Is that okay? Can I share? That's gonna that, that is gonna be a part of the show. Is does it have to be negative? So go ahead and share that. We'll talk about the whole negative versus positive aspect yeah, of this. I mean, I've learned a lot of positive and negative lessons, obviously, as we all have. I think for me, it is that uh, people are often not who they appear to be, and the people, some of the people who you trust most, will disappoint you. Mm. And that comes from years of owning a business and having a lot of employees mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just some tough lessons. Some people who, you know, I was emotionally invested in a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, and so those are, those are tough lessons to learn. It, it, it really affected me for a while, honestly, because uh, it just, it just got to be, you know, what's, what's real and, and what's not yeah. with, with people. I'm curious if, and you don't have to get into the, to the details, especially by name, but was this a lesson learned that you slowly learned over time or was there, was there a specific person or maybe a couple specific people that really unfortunately did you wrong in that area that was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was, it was slowly over time. I mean, having people who stole from us, uh, both money and it. materials, uh, having, I mean, that's just one example. Um, and, 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 you know, so the first, the first time or two it happens, you just chalk it up to, oh, well, that was, you know, bad luck or I didn't see that coming and, and you kind of brush it off. Yeah. But when these things happen again and again and again in period of, you know, a couple of few years, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it just, you begin to get a little cynical yep. about everybody who you meet and it took... We we've we sold the company that we used to have about fifty employees, and it took my wife and I who who ran it with me years to really be able to start to trust mm -hmm. people again. Like we used to half joke with each other, like we're we're damaged. Um, wow! Through some of the experiences that we had, and we just become so I didn't like who I became, just so cynical 
uh, and distrusting of wow. people. Yeah. And so how, how did you, I guess, how did you get out of that? Because it doesn't seem like you're that kind of person anymore. I mean, how, do, how, do you, how do you evolve out of that? So you evolve from it by half expecting it and just knowing that you're better than that and your circle of friends. I've, I've rarely, if ever, been let down by a true friend. Okay. And you have to, you have to better separate your friendships in the world with sort of everything else, yeah. especially in the work environment. But in our, in our work environment, just like I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, and certainly as we have here in the Great People Studio, our work environment was a very family-like environment. And it was like, oh, no, wait a minute. It's not quite as family-like as we thought it was. And in, your, in, in this case, you're dealing with people that come and go. Like right. In a work environment, you can either leave the job. If you're the boss, you can fire the person. When you translate that back over to family, there's but only so many options you have that aren't very, very dramatic. And I'm curious if, if this kind of lesson learned bled into out of work. Oh, it absolutely did. Yeah. I mean, we became pretty antisocial. Um, like outside really? of work. Yeah, wow, because this is a big, this is really, really big. It was for a time. And this is, this is 10 years ago, but yeah, it was for a time. And we really just retreated and, and would spend time pretty much just with each other mm-hmm. uh, outside of work. We kind of shut the world out because like I said, we just, we just got really, really cynical about, yeah. about everything. Well, you mentioned at the top of the show, it, does it have to be negative? And, um, I think the ones that we remember the most, the ones that have the greatest impact on us are the negative ones. And I can't help but to make light of that situation just a little bit more. I don't know if you watched the new Solo movie, the Star Wars I Solo movie. I have not seen that one yet. So Woody Harrelson, I don't remember the name of the character he played in there, but one of his key lines there is like, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it, uh, uh, and he's talking to Han Solo. He said, he said, never trust anybody because then they'll never let you down. Man. And talk about cynical. I felt that way for deep, a long time. Yeah, yeah. I felt that way for a long time. I don't anymore. It's the only way to protect yourself yeah. in many cases. And so the positive side of that is, well, you went through that for a reason. Well, what if you had, what if you had not gotten through that? Or what, excuse me, <laughs> grammar's off today. What if you had not gone through that? Uh, you would have eventually encountered some people somewhere that would have maybe betrayed that trust or let you down or did bad things to you and you were unguarded. So in a way it helped put some armor on you. Oh, definitely hardened me. I mean, who, who wants to go through what you went through? Yeah. Right. But I, and I worry about that with the kids, man. I worry about that with the kids where you protect them so much and they don't understand. We have, we've had a whole show on adversity. We could have dozens of show on adversity. That is very, very mental adversity that you go through based on those relationships. And the reason we're going to talk about this subject today is and it, it is probably going to be a subject that we're going to carry on into other shows. I was very just curious at the beginning of the week when we went to social media for the research question, what are some of the biggest lessons you've ever learned? I was just curious what has impacted people the most because this is the kind of question that when you're asked that, usually it just pops right into your head. You just yeah. know, oh, this was the biggest. And, and another way to define or another way to respond to that is what what defined me for who I am today? Mm-hmm. And it's usually not a positive thing. I mean, we have positive role models and we have positive events, but it's usually the defining thing isn't always the nicest thing that's ever happened to us. It's not. And 
I think that's okay. And we're going to talk more. I want to turn the tables, by the way, after the break. I want to hear some of the biggest lessons that J.J. White has ever learned. So we'll be right back. You're listening to The Great People Show. Welcome back. So enough about me. Let's uh, let's talk about you. Okay, what, uh, I'm I'm down with that. So so mine was sort of negative, but as you said, learned a lot of great things from that. Definitely changed the way yeah. that I, I look at everything. What what is the greatest lesson that JJ White has learned? There's many. In uh, ironically, I haven't thought too hard about this question since mm-hmm. I've been preparing for the show. I've been more focused on everyone else's lessons. <laughs> so, just in the moment between our break here, I was thinking, what what really has been the one thing that has just stuck with me throughout the years? And I think it's the fact that no one is 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 looking out for you more than you are. That no one is going to give things to you. No one is going to um, always be looking out for your best interests. Mm -hmm. That at the end of the day, you have to look out for your best interest. And I've learned this a couple times through medical challenges, maybe not my medical challenges, but watching other people go through medical challenges and literally say, okay, I don't know that I am comfortable with this. I need to go get a second opinion that even the doctors aren't always looking out for your best interests. And we can dig into that all the time if you want to, but there's so many other factors happening in our lives that make people in their core look out for themselves. And I, and I, and and so there's that skeptic Mm -hmm. part that you were talking about that comes out in, in me that, uh, if you just throw your sail up and let the winds of life blow you wherever you want to go, it's probably not going to be in your favor. Yeah. So you've, you've got to look out for number one. Yeah. You have to look out for number one. Yeah. You, you really do. And of course I'm married with children, so I'm looking out for them too, but I also want that lesson to be for them. They have to look out for themselves. Yeah. I mean, if you're not taking care and looking out for yourself, then you can't do as good a job looking out for your family. That's true. Right. That's, it's that's kind very of like true. the experts talk about just within that family unit, you need to put your spouse before yeah. your kids, because if that relationship isn't healthy, mm-hmm. it's going to affect everything with the children. So in, in a way, just to take this to a, like another step, is it makes me doubt almost everything that I see. In fact, that was... Um, uh, that that was one of the answers we saw on social media was um, doubt everything you hear and most of what you see. <laughs> that was one of the, one one of the answers, and that one really resonated with me because I think the world, I think the entire world is at a point where we don't know what truth is. We, we, we don't, and, that, and here was another one that came from someone on social media. They said that six people could grow up in the same house and all have a different story of how it went. It's true. So this probably, I'd say my biggest lesson, just to kind of skim it down into something really easy is doubt everything. Yeah. And, and that's, that is not a pleasant place to be, I don't think. Uh, you, you have to have moderation with all of these these lessons, because if you take that one to extreme, you feel like everyone's lying to you. You feel like everyone is holding something back from you. Like there's just skepticism. And that's a real, I, I don't want to live like that. No, uh, I don't want to live like that at all. But as the, the father of a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, I, I don't believe half of what they tell me because <laughs> I usually catch them lying about something. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's I mean, and, and we've all we've all seen that happen. And I guess that that's one thing that everyone needs to think about is is when when is it a life changing lesson versus that that we need to change our outlook yeah. because of, and when is it when is it not? You know. Well, one of the questions that I want to ask everyone and we have to ask ourselves is, how do we know that we are experiencing a lesson? Exactly. Because most of the time, what's that saying? I don't know who first discovered fish, but I don't know who first discovered water, but I'm sure it wasn't a fish. Mm -hmm. When when we're going through these types of like when you're with your example, I'm not sure that you were actively seeing the fact that this was going to change who you are and start to affect how you have relationships with other people by... I mean, you're frustrated. You're in the midst of this frustration. If you're in the midst of some sort of tragedy in your life or you're having trouble at work or you're having trouble in a relationship, no one is, I don't think, really thinking about, well, you know what? There's got to be something good that's going to come out of this, and this is going to be a great lesson, so I'm going to find the most of it. I mean, that's a great way to look at it, but let's be real, folks. I don't think that most of us can think that way. Yeah, and and I saw a quote the other day, and I don't I don't know if I entirely agree with it, but it said there are no failures, there are just lessons, and there's some truth to that. Lessons often come from mistakes that we make, and we again we learn from them and we change our behavior. You know, a great example. I was talking about uh, some of these some of these people over the years that let us down in our business well one of which we used to uh, part of what we did was we did very high end christmas decor for mm-hmm. houses commercial that sort of thing cool business it was a great business so you're a professional and, uh, christmas decorator was i'm i'm out of that business uh, but the, i'm uh, sure your house still looks nice at christmas beautiful beautiful <laughs> it's back in the woods but to us it's beautiful but we had an employee who was stealing inventory from us and was in business oh, himself That's beautiful. after hours, decorating houses, That's charging beautiful. a fortune with our stock. That's great. So the one lesson from that was, again, what I went talk about at the beginning of the show, that people will often let you down and are not who they appear to be. But the bigger lesson, the other lesson was we we didn't have a good inventory tracking system. We weren't keeping an eye on our product and and have checks and balances in place mm-hmm. where we didn't realize that this product was missing. The way it was discovered is uh, one of our managers gave him a ride home one day and saw in his neighborhood some lights that looked a lot like ours. Oh, and you didn't put them up. And uh, we didn't put them up, and they stopped after dropping them off. And and some of the we had some of the cables imprinted with our company name on nice. them. Nice. And there it was. Nice. But we should have known this was going on for for over a month. It makes you just literally say to yourself, "Can I? Is there anybody I can trust?" Right. But it also made us say to yourself, what are some mistakes that we're doing in running our business that even allowed this to happen? Yeah. Um, Obviously, that was a distrustful person. He wouldn't have been any different, but he shouldn't have had the opportunity to do that. It was only because we didn't have a good inventory tracking system that allowed him to do that. Yeah. So uh, does it always have to be negative? No. Does, Does the lesson have to be negative for it to be learned and live with you? For the rest of your life. It doesn't have to be negative. I mean, one great example uh, that I've learned, another big lesson I've learned through the fire service, if you don't have your health, you have got nothing. Mm. Um, You can have all the money in the world. You can have the best family in the world. You can have the best everything. If you lose your health, then... Now, family still matters, but Mm -hmm. so many of the other things in life, your job, your money, 
et cetera, don't, don't matter. And that sounds negative, but I look at it as a positive because first of all, we've got to cherish every day yep. that we have our health. And second of all, we've got to make positive decisions on a daily basis between the food that we eat, the choices that we make around smoking, drinking, drugs, et cetera, um, and, and, and the physical fitness that we participate in, in order to ensure point. that we keep our health as long as possible. But seeing sick people day in and day out in that world, uh, I, I tell you, it's been a game changer for me just realizing that you You've, if you don't have your health, all else is, is lost. So on a, on a positive note of that, I'd say one of my lessons learned on the positive side was when I ran two marathons. The, the, what it took to get to the point of being able to run that and finish it was a lesson that I take through anything in my life. Just no matter what I'm going through, if something starts to feel difficult, if something starts to feel challenging, if I start to see or start to wonder, you know, should I, should I even be doing this right now? Mm-hmm. You can't help but to go back to what you experienced doing that with the marathon and go, well, my gosh, if I was able to push through that, this is nothing. It's almost like just something that you can refer back to as a, as a driving force. And for some people, it's in, on the relationship side, you were very fortunate and blessed to grow up in a family where the mom and dad was very good to each other and they mm-hmm. were good role models. And then you end up in relationships that perhaps aren't as positive. So you've got these lessons learned of, well, look, I've grown up knowing what it feels like to be in a loving, uh, supportive household. So I need to find a way for me to have that because I don't have it right now. Yeah. So there's these positive influences in our life that James, honestly, I think a lot of people just tend to forget because we get drawn and magnetized to the negative crap, to the bad things that happen. And that one bad thing that happens in your life that may be a major lesson can drown out 99.9% of all the good thing that's happened in your life. We're just in a way, we're very much wired that way because that is a protective mechanism that our brain does to make sure that we don't go through that again. Our brain's not always putting something right in front of us saying, well, don't forget about this and don't forget about this and don't forget about this. Our brain, we are not even wired like that. We have to find ways to force that into our lives because if you just, if you just let it happen, it's not going to happen. No, and it's easy for one bad experience that may teach us a lesson to exaggerate itself yep. and bring us crashing down entirely. I certainly has happened to me. Yep. It, you know, have have you had those experiences? <sighs> yeah, um, I think I've been fortunate not to for it to be like one time events mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, I hope I never have to mm-hmm. either. But apparently, some of the people on social media. Um, Definitely experienced, I think, some of those things. Just you can, I, I know some of them. I know some of them very well. So when they were speaking to that, I know what event they were talking about. And yeah. I actually tried to get a couple of them to come on the show just to talk about it and, and really couldn't for probably some real obvious reasons. Right. It's difficult to. Um, so so a, a part of this lesson learned is to be able to not just have it define who you are, but how do you take that? And repackage it so that you have the, the confidence and the courage to share it with others so that it helps other people heal. And, you know, we're talking about right now the negative things that happen. But how can you, how can you take that as, well, I've got to find a way to help other people go through this as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big element of that lesson learned. It's not, the lesson learned is just not for you. The lesson learned is also for the people that have been placed around you that you can use to help 
coach, support, encourage those other people. And I'll just make this call out right now. If you are listening to the show specifically on the live radio and, and, and have that story that you feel like is a huge lesson learned and you think it would be something that could help us, that you could communicate in a minute or two, and it would help our listeners be able to cope with something a little differently, maybe see a lesson learned, give us a call at 804-454-1366. And perhaps that could be a, a huge blessing to someone else. I mean, there's probably millions of hours of stories that that people could share right now that could redirect other people. It, it could. And you have to look at this from multiple angles. In these lessons, it doesn't only teach us, in my case, again, with trusting people, that people aren't always going to be what they seem, but mm-hmm. it makes me want to be a person who can be, who I want to instill confidence in those around me that they can trust me because I would never want to do to somebody else what some of these folks have done to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's, um, you, you, you can't help but to compare yourself to other people. And if you're going to compare yourself to other people, at least take it as what can I do to make sure I don't end up like that person? Because if you're going to spend the energy to do it, you might as well do it to do something that actually improves who you are. So don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. So James, I want to go back through some of these lessons learned that our audience had sent us over social media because some of them, I mean, let's face it, I, I specifically wrote down five that I wanted to address on today's show. Right. And each one of these is a show. Okay. Like each one <laughs> of these topics is just straight up a show. Uh, the first one came from Corey, when to keep my mouth shut and be kind. So mm-hmm. I, I almost want to play a game on what do you think Corey went through to learn that lesson? And it's funny because I actually reached out to her to see if she'd come on the show and she couldn't. So I was just yeah. fascinated to find out. But when to keep my mouth shut and be kind. How many of you right now are listening that you know that you have learned dozens of lessons on when to keep your mouth shut after the fact yep. and you didn't do it? Yep. Usually happens after uh, we've put our foot in our mouths. <laughs> For something. I know, I know I've been guilty of that many times. Yeah. And yeah, especially very outgoing, uh, very A type people. That happens a lot and they take it a little too far. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just listening in general, right? We talk about a lot on the show that we're, we're a self absorbed society. In fact, we were, we were talking in detail about this just a week or two ago. Listening is, the most important thing yeah. that you can do and something that most of us do very poorly because we're so busy trying to think about how to turn the conversation back That's to true. ourselves. That's true. And you can't listen while you're talking. I mean, you just physically can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't multitask that one. Right. You think you can multitask a lot of things. You can't multitask the shutting your uh, talking, especially I'm sure this lesson was learned. And, and those of you listening have learned this lesson because you got emotional. Because you got a little too jacked up on something and you just said a few extra words that you didn't need to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are deeply experiencing this with, with Ike right now. And so <laughs> usually it's with me that he doesn't know when to stop talking. Yep. And it's usually when he's upset and it's usually when he's being disciplined and it's usually when he's losing things. So Sam is coaching him on, um, you know, Ike, we've been talking about when to stop talking. Now is that time. Right now is that time. Because these, these are things that are triggers that we learned at such a, a, a young age on how do we control our emotion. And I think it's interesting. Corey could have easily said when to keep my mouth shut, but she kept going and said, and be kind. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's not, well, 
many times just keeping our mouth shut is the be kind part. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're going to, if you're going to have to keep talking, if you're going to have to keep running this into the ground, because I know some of you listening right now, and I know that you feel like you, um, you will smother something. You will smother a person with your words to try to fix something. You literally can't just stop and turn around and walk away and let something go that you feel like, no, we need to work this out right now. When the lesson they're learned is oftentimes you do need to walk away. You do need to stop. But many of you are fixers. You can't let things leave unsettled. And yet that's the, that is the absolute best thing you can do. And then, you know, when sometimes you're, you're in a tense situation with someone, and then when you do say, look, we're not going to talk about this now, or I'm not going to talk about this now, then people come at you for that because they want to control the situation. So the key is how do we convert that energy over to something being kind rather than trying to smother somebody to death with our words? That's tough. That's tough. And, you know, your own ego gets in the way a lot of the time. My mom just said on Facebook Live, never know when to shut up. I wonder if she was talking to me. I can't I imagine. Know. I can't imagine. I need some clarity on that one. So that one came from Corey, and it's one of my, um, w- one of the things that I've personally learned how to do better over the years, because I've historically, especially in my teens and 20s, been that person that didn't know when to shut up. Yeah. And it's a big part of your of your business, of what you do. I mean, it's, it's a very necessary mm-hmm. trait for you. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're dealing with a society now, especially as the millennials get bashed for not communicating enough, not having uh, interpersonal skills face-to-face. It seems to be happening with uh, Gen Y. I'm not really speaking from personal experience, but I just keep hearing that from other people that, you know, these kids these days, they don't know how to talk to anybody. They just want to text them, right? How that actually translates over to electronic medium, because let's face it, man, it's a lot easier to shoot a text off to someone out of frustration whenever you should have just kept your fingers to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and the problem with that is it's in writing when you do it that way, yeah. you know, and that, that's not going away. Yeah. So another one, um, Martha, which I don't, I don't really know her, but, um, I can tell from what she's shared on, um, uh, on Facebook live, her, her lesson learned was the ones you love can be gone in a second. I think she has experienced a lot of loss in her life. I think yeah. she lost her son, I think maybe, or lo- losing some children. And man, that is a uncontrollable lesson because the rest of it was, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. And she used more colorful language, but what, what happens when you learn a lesson, James, that you have absolutely zero control over? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, to me the lesson there, and I, I have I have experienced um, I've certainly experienced that before uh, with close friends, not with a, a family member. Knock on wood, but the the lesson there is that we have to cherish every single day. Yeah. You have to not hold back to expressing your feelings to people, uh, so that you know nothing is left on the table when the unthinkable like that happens. And that's a tough that's a great thing. way to put it. That's, that's, a, that's a tough thing to do. But I would certainly think that Martha now is, is more conscious of that than, than ever. Mm-hmm. I think we're all, we're, we're all going to have regrets if we suddenly lose a loved one out of nowhere because th- you, don't have that, you don't have that closure you know, with them. Oftentimes, if we have a family member or a close friend who's in failing health, we have the opportunity... To, to have some closure yeah. with them, uh, to prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally as best we can. But 
when when you lose somebody out of nowhere, um, I mean, you're not you're not prepared in yeah. in any way, shape, or form. You can't learn that lesson, but so well that other than again to just remember that every day that we have is is precious. Mm-hmm. And I said at the top of that one that what about the lessons that we have no control over? That is the lesson. You had a tremendous. We all have tremendous amount of control over our relationships up to that point where there might be loss. And that's, that's when we need to do something. That's mm-hmm. the lesson learned is uh, never skimp on love for your children. Never skimp on the words for your spouse. Never skimp on doing good deeds for your neighbors. I mean, we've lost neighbors. We've lost really young neighbors because of a med- medical crisis. Mm-hmm. And you start to very quickly go to, man, I should have, I should have done something a little bit. I should have done something a little bit more. I just never expected that person to be gone. Right. And the lesson, unfortunately, usually never goes away. That particular lesson never, ever goes away because of the regret and the coulda, shoulda, woulda, didn't us. It's, it's, I mean, that's a, that's a very tough one. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot in the fire service, I bet. All the time. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. I mean, that, that one, I, I, I see that and experience that constantly. Through other people. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just recently had somebody who was 37 years old who woke up out of bed, uh, had two young kids and a wife and told, uh, told his wife that his leg was cramping and uh, he was just going to go outside and stretch it a little bit, uh, made it to the bottom of the stairs and, uh, and, and died right then and wow. there, uh, you know, it was a blood clot in his leg yeah. and got, you know, ended up moved to his lungs and was a pulmonary embolism, uh, which, which killed him instantly. And he was otherwise in, he was in perfect health. Um, so again, yeah. I, I mean, exactly what Martha's talking about. I mean, this is a tragedy, but I mean, that's, I don't know what that lesson is, JJ, honestly. Yeah. And, um, we, I think no matter what, when these situations happen, we take that lesson, can take that lesson to an extreme and, and convince ourselves we could have done more. We could have said more. We could, I think, I think you also need to, if, if you did give it your best is to, is to come to, come to peace with that. Yeah. Because no one's, no one's going to be, um, happy or, or uh, you find the the positive on the on the lesson learned by saying, well, you know, I did a pretty good job. And it, you're always going to beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up over that one. Yeah. Um, uh, when we come back from our next break, we've got a few more here lessons to share that I think are probably the top lessons that many of us are are dealing with. And how do we leverage these lessons mm. before we go through them? So don't go away. You're listening to the Great People Show. So we've covered a couple big lessons learned. Let's cover a couple more, James. Joanne, who was gracious enough to give us six lessons learned on social media. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to do two of them here. I don't, well, we'll do one. Maybe we'll come back to the other one. Is There's always two sides to every story. Now, this kind of goes back to, to mine at the top of the show about uh, doubting. In, yeah. in th- this... It just came to me. Maybe we shouldn't shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> this has this is now uh, a newly elevated issue in our society. It's always been an issue, but it's certainly an elevated issue with what's been happening with the Supreme Court yep. on sexual harassment. That there's two sides to that story. Sometimes, sometimes it, there's not two sides. Like somebody's lying. There's really at the end of the day, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we're part of, there's really only one story. Yes. It's our point of view on that story. And is and is your point of view or their point of view 
not full of truth to protect that person. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem that we've had with this whole Kavanaugh thing. And I'm trying to dance around it a little bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like you said, I mean, we, we, and we heard the victim story and we, we heard Kavanaugh's story and they are pretty much polar opposites Very of, opposite. of each other. Yep. And, you know, I think to, to put it more in our own world, I have a very close friend right now who is uh, going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And from his point of view, and it's, it's pretty amicable, but from his point of view, it is all his spouse's of fault. Course. And, and he can do a laundry list of reasons why. Okay. And friends of hers have spoken with her and she gives a whole nother, you know, her version. Different list. Of, of a yep. whole different list, right? Yep. And it's two different realities of, and neither of them is necessarily wrong. Yeah. It's just different. And, and sometimes people do lie with their side of the story. I'm not right. pretending that doesn't happen. But oftentimes it's two different viewpoints, two different realities of, yep. of the world that conflict with each well, other. Well, you know that saying, you're, you're entitled to your own opinions, you're not entitled to your own facts. Yeah. And then there's the whole uh, itemization of, yeah, that's true, but you left out this part, this part, and this part that changes the context of that truth. Correct. And we see this everywhere. We see it in relationships. We see it in, in politics and in the news. We even see it in, in the Bible. I mean, if, if you read the different gospels of, of Jesus's life in the Bible— it's different, very different sides of the same story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they contradict themselves plenty. Mm-hmm. You want to get into that now, too? You want to get a biblical scholar <laughs> we, on here? To, we, do to not have, this? we do not have time Let for Let Astra give us two more hours of time for that's callers right. and biblical scholars in here. Um, so so that's that was one of hers. There's two sides to every story. And the other one that I think is a very powerful lesson that— Every one of you can learn. I don't know that anybody's excluded from this lesson. No one is perfect. Speaking of the Bible, nobody is perfect. <laughs> and yet we have all these expectations of people in our life. Mm-hmm. And to your point, so I could look at your lesson that you went through that you shared at the top of the show is, well, but James, but no one's perfect. Everyone's going to have flaws, weaknesses, instabilities, uh, mental problems, because Sometimes lying is just just straight up just a mental. You know, some people are just they're they're just not there, right? I mean, there's just something going on going on there. I don't know. I'm not a clinician on any of this stuff, but no one's perfect. Now, I'm not saying you give everyone a pass because no one's perfect, but I can tell you right now, I know a lot of people that that you, you will find wrong in everything and everybody. And it's become more and more difficult to remember that or be aware that nobody is perfect with social media, which largely shows everybody's quote unquote perfect life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live, we live through what other people are doing through social media and we all have our struggles. I doubt there is anybody in this room or anybody out there listening today who is not struggling with something uh, that is making them less than perfect. And it's not just you. It's mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's everybody. That's that's a great one. You know, people in glass houses don't throw rocks. Yeah. So those high expectations, and I, I've heard this so much, just probably in the last couple of weeks, this seems to be a topic that I'm talking to a lot of people about, of these holding people up to standards that you yourself would keep 
And I have a problem with that because I don't even think, I think we have tricked ourselves to thinking that we would keep those standards too. Mm. I think we see ourselves in some cases too much in an egotistical light Mm -hmm. that we justify holding people up to those standards by saying, well, we would too, we would too, we would too. It's like, no, I don't think you're as good as you think you are. Um, Then I've got, of course, groups of people that don't nearly give themselves enough credit, right? How do you find that healthy balance? Well, that's, that's between you and your maker. What I'm what I'm concerned about is how are you throwing that over onto somebody else? Mm-hmm. How, how are you forcing your standards onto someone else? And and by literally saying now, right now, hit that bar, now hit that bar, now hit that bar, and and you actually may subconsciously be doing it to sabotage the relationship because wow. if they yeah. fail at something, and if they fail at something over and over, then you can say to that person, "See, I knew there was something wrong with you." And this goes way because because guess what of all the lessons that you've learned, I'm I, I've had so many people fail me. You're next. Yeah, and like I said, I, I struggle with that for quite a while. How am I doing? I mean, am I doing good? Am I am I? Well, we'll I mean, talk, where's my bar at? Do I keep hitting the bar? Or? Let's not do this on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we both have pretty high expectations. You're doing great, James. I, I I'm going to be kind. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Thanks. I think you're doing wonderful as well. You're probably being kind and keeping your mouth shut. Yep. Um, oh, okay. I lost my list here. So, um, so those were two from Joanne. Thanks for sharing those. Stephen, who has been actually a co-host with us, he, uh-huh. was, he was a co-host with us over the summer when you, when you were um, on your secret missions to Thailand. Right. Um, his was, it's not over till it's over. Mm. And our very, so I talked to someone this week that said, yeah, I, I, I can't, him and I don't talk that often. He's like, yeah, I actually, um, in fact, we haven't talked since, I now, now that I think about it, I've never actually had a real conversation with him. It's always been emails. So we talked for the first time ever. And he said, yeah, I've actually caught your show. And I'm thinking, oh, what'd you think? And he's like, oh, I really liked it. And I was like, which episode did you listen to? He said, the first one. I was like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> why did you start there? <laughs> You're yeah. not supposed to go that far back. But that episode still is one of my favorite show topics that we ever did was, when do you quit? So Stephen's lesson learned is it's never over till it's over. That is a lesson on persistence. But the other end of that lesson is when do you quit? When do you give up? Because you're supposed to give up. And I think most people, James, quit too early. They Mm -hmm. quit too early and you quit too often. And you've probably not experienced, if, if you have probably not enough, what it's like to truly not quit something and go after it and go after it and go after it and then get it. Yeah. Because when you've experienced that in your life, that lesson, it does a couple things. First of which, it gives you the courage to know I've got a lot more in me than I think I've got in me. Yep. Kind of back to the marathon thing. But the second thing is, I think it gives you more, your your radar now is in tune to that um, call it the gut, call it the instinct to know a little bit more on when you're supposed to walk away from something. Because if you haven't given enough things, if you haven't given enough things enough of a chance, I don't think you have that intuition. Mm. I, you, you don't know what it's really like to go that far with, with something. And maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, maybe you've stayed in a relationship really long and it, and it never turned out well. 
that's going to change the lesson we learned from that, isn't it? That as soon as you start seeing bad things pop up on the radar, you're going to eject. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Because you, you, you knew what it felt like to stay in something so unbelievably long and it not work out. But man, we've heard these stories of people that have stayed in those relationships and even gone through divorce and then get remarried again. I know, I have a friend that went through that. Like they were legally divorced and now they have a wonderful marriage. Wow. I've never seen that. So that that takes a whole to talk about a lesson. Yeah. That's that's a huge lesson. So coming back to Stephen's lessons, it's not over till it's over. I guess nothing's over until you're over. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless unless the other the person on the opposite end of that makes that decision for you. And that's something we can't always control. Yeah, that's a good point because then you start to try to squeeze that lemon for juice that doesn't exist. Right. That's right. when you start to stalk them and harass them and send them texts. I mean, I'm not speaking for personal experience, <laughs> of not. but you know. Of course not. So we have a couple more minutes. What else oh, what, yeah, what else do you have on the uh, like we have on the list? Here. Well, the last one that I wrote down, a good friend CJ who's been a caller on the show. I've actually been on, he has a, he has a sports show. I've been on his show. Uh, discipline is a practiced art. Amen. As Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I believe in kindergarten cop, you lack discipline. <laughs> I think most of us lack discipline because of many of the lessons that we've already talked about, that when you start to face that adversity in that wall, you just shrink and give up. It's like the, are you, are you really leveraging your, your lessons? And uh, just coming up with a few things from these lessons and James, I'd love for you to add to this list because we only have a couple minutes left here. So, so what, so what do you do to really leverage the lesson? And the goal here is to leverage a lesson before you have to go through it. Mm -hmm. A big part of that is notice what other people are going through. A big part of that is also sharing your lessons with other people in, in encouragement so that perhaps they were going to reciprocate that. Well, I love something that you said earlier. Um, Probably number one thing here on this list of mine is don't leave anything on the table. Mm-hmm. Give it your, give it your all. A lot of these lessons are based on the fact that I didn't give it my all. I didn't give it my all before I lost my son. I didn't give it my all in that relationship that wasn't going very well. Um, I mean, almost every one of these, when to keep my mouth shut. Well, you didn't give it your all. In fact, you were trying to give too much of your all probably yeah. that you shouldn't have been giving. So that's a big one. Um, Stop finding something wrong with everything and everybody because uh, we set our standards so high that other people can't meet them. And probably the biggest piece of advice that you could enact right now today is keep your mouth shut more often. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to open it, be kind and ask yourself, are these words that are coming out of my mouth being kind? What are maybe something that you just picked up in today's show that you feel like would be good advice for our audience to leverage these lessons a little bit more in their life. I mean, try going back to your whole be kind point, try to come from a positive place as often as possible. You know, another big lesson that I've learned in life, which I apply to pretty much every decision I make is people generally make decisions for one of two reasons. They're either moving towards something Mm -hmm. or they're moving away from something. The goal is make decisions in life, decisions that can often come out of lessons that you have learned. Make those decisions going towards something you want to accomplish, not something, not running away from something 
that you don't want. And if you sit back and you think about that for just a minute or two, Mm -hmm. that is one of the most profound mindsets that you can have. And that has definitely changed my life in in thinking about why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I making this decision? Which of those two things is it? And is this lesson that you've probably been hinging a lot of your life on actually holding you back from other things? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the lessons that we talked about today, it's really easy to let them um, stifle us yes. and, and keep us down to say, no, 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 man, I've, I've been around the block. I've been around life. I, uh, I, I know people like you. I, I know what it's like to, um, to, to, to go through that pain and hurt is, is leverage the lesson in a way to make you better and improve the relationships, not to just be more protective of your heart. I'm mm-hmm. all about protectiveness, but I think when we go through these lessons in life, we put up too many chains around ourselves that really keeps us from being able to love and be kind and cherish other people. And speaking of that, I cherish you as our listener. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you can catch us every Thursday morning, uh, live radio in Richmond, a podcast on Apple Podcast. Everything's on our website, a great people show. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.